turn with me to the book of Leviticus quickly, uh, chapter number 6, verse number 1. I'm going to preach to you about the law. Anybody excited this morning? <laughs> I want to preach to you out of the book of the law. Matter of fact, I believe that this may be the first time in all of my uh, all of my years, all of them, not too many of them, but uh, in all of my years that I've preached out of the book of Leviticus, not once. But there's something that the Lord spoke to me in prayer a couple weeks ago that I have to get out. And this is where the Lord told me to come to in order to get this point out to the church. There's people in the room today. And uh, and I want to speak to you on the topic today. I have titled the sermon, All of These Attributes. All of These Attributes. And if you wanted a subtitle, um, the subtitle is There's Still an Altar. So... Um, as we read the scriptures today, Leviticus chapter number six, begin reading at verse number one. It says, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, if a soul sin and commit a trespass against the Lord and lie unto his neighbor and that which was delivered unto him to keep or in fellowship or in anything taken away by violence or have deceived his neighbor, or have found that which was lost and lied concerning it, and swear falsely, if any of these uh, that a man doeth sinning therein, then he shall be, because he hath sinned and is guilty, that he shall restore that which he took violently away, or the thing which he had said deceitfully, uh, or he had deceitfully gotten, or that which was delivered unto him to keep, or the lost thing which he found, or all that about which he had sworn falsely, he shall even restore it in the principle and shall add to it a fifth part more. Somebody say thank you for 20%. And, and give it unto him whom it appertaineth. And in that day of his trespass offering, and he shall bring his trespass offering unto the Lord. I'm in verse 6 now. A ram without blemish out of the flock, with thy estimation, for a trespass offering unto the priest. Verse 7 says, And the priest shall make atonement for him before the Lord, and it shall be given to him for anything of all that he hath done. I need to just stop right there and tell you that this trespass offering, this burnt offering, was a, an offering that was the covering for all that he had done. I just got to stop right there and say it's important right there that the scripture says that it was an offering for all that he had done. There are people in our in this room today who you have given you have given yourself over to the Lord. Your sin is behind you and God has cast it in the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west and yet the enemy wants to bring up some little avenue back to your sin that you you gave it up but there's a little bit of an inkling here or an inkling there that the devil is trying to be the accuser of the brethren and telling you about, but I've come to tell you that the sacrifice covered it all. Everybody say, cover it all. Covered it all. Hallelujah. And this shall be for any and all that he hath done in trespassing therein. And now here's where we get to the good stuff. Somebody say the good stuff. And the Lord spake unto Moses and said, Command Aaron and his son, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. It is the burnt offering because of the burning on the altar all night long until the morning. And the fire of the altar shall be burning. And the scripture says in it, that really means because of it. It's going to be a burnt offering that's going to stay on the altar 
they're going to continue burning an offering so that there's a fire on the altar all night long because of this offering. And the priest shall put on his linen garments, his linen ephod, and he shall put upon uh, his linen breeches upon his flesh. That doesn't say britches, it just says flesh. And take up the ashes. And take up the ashes which the fire has consumed with the burnt offering on the altar. And he shall put them beside the altar. And verse number 11 says, And he shall put off his garments and put on other garments and carry forth the ashes without the camp unto a clean place. Can we pray one more time? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's forever settled. Thank you that the Old Testament has got a mirror of the New Testament. Thank you that it wasn't abolished or done away with, but it was fulfilled by Christ. Thank you that we can look to it, God, for reference, and we can look to it for symbolisms. And God, I just thank you that your word is forever settled. God, I pray that this word would speak to the hearts and minds of the believers that are in this room today. God, that we would leave this place forever changed for your Logos word becoming Rhema word in this house today. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen and amen. Now, listen, this is God's law concerning burnt offerings. There's something that is that, that God required. Now, we see it with Adam and Eve in the very beginning when they sinned. We don't see the fact that there was an offering given, but just because y'all remember in your scripture where it says that uh, Adam and Eve were looking for some clothes to put on themselves because they were naked and they used the fig leaf and they or the leaf and they covered themselves and, and then God later in the scripture you see that they used animal skins to cover themselves there's an inherent thing that happened there that's not labeled in the scripture but because they had animal skins that means that an animal had to die in order for them to get animal skins to be put on them and so it was that God had instituted from the very beginning as soon as Adam and Eve had sinned that because of sin death had to come and so there must have been an offering for sin amen and and so we see that there was animal skin there and so there was death of an animal and it became a burnt offering unto the Lord in order to atone for the sins how many of y'all have ever sinned in the house I just want to see if any liars are here today amen I'm praying for you um, but but I'm so thankful that this that the symbolism of an offering was started with Adam and Eve, and then and Adam passed it along and passed it down. And the Bible says even Job knew about the sacrifices he sacrificed for his family. And then you go on down, you you can even find Abraham, and he was sacrificing, and he was uh, you know he was doing what God had put into motion. And David he would give sacrifice before the Lord, and when he brought the Ark of the Covenant back in, they made sacrifice. And Solomon, when he was dedicating the temple, he made sacrifice to the Lord. And they said, the Lord is great in mercy. His mercy shall endureth forever. And the Lord came down and, and, and filled the place where they were at. And Elijah, when he, was, when he was calling down fire from heaven, he prepared a sacrifice because it needed the, the children of Israel needed atonement for the sin in which they were living in. And so we see that throughout the eons of the Old Testament. But I come to tell you this morning that 
And I am so thankful that there was one sacrifice that was made forevermore. It was the only sacrifice that needed to atone for your and my sin. We don't need to go with with the blood of goats and rams and bullocks anymore. We don't need to have the burnt offering anymore because there was a man. His name was Jesus. He came and he lived for us. He came and he died for us. And he said, I will be your offering. I'm thankful for Jesus this morning. I'm thankful that in the book of Hebrews, let's turn there. I I don't have it marked in my scripture, but to the book of Hebrews, chapter number nine, I believe I have it here. And it says it says in verse number 11, chapter number nine, verse. But Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle. Praise God. I get excited reading Hebrews and not with made with hands. This is to say not of this building. Come on, y'all. You're the church. Neither by the blood of goats or calves, but by his own blood entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternity, eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes, somebody say ashes, of the heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth and purify the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, I'm getting excited in the house, how much more should the blood of Christ, who through which eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, it will purge your conscience from the dead works to serve the living God. And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament that means by de- that by means of death, for redemption of the transgressions that were once under the first testament, they might be uh, that they might be called. They are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. It goes on down to talk about Jesus. I'm telling you that Jesus was the eternal sacrifice, the only atonement that we needed. Amen. It says, and therefore it's necessary pattern of things that heaven would be purified with these, but heavenly things themselves with a better sacrifice. Hallelujah. And then it says in verse number 22, without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sins. I'm so thankful for a bloody gospel this morning. I don't mean to be old school on you today, but I'm telling you that Jesus' blood is the reason that you are saved today. It's a gruesome bloody gospel. They crucified him on a tree. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't pleasant. There wasn't anything fun about it. But I'm telling you, it was enough atonement for you and for me. Somebody give him praise. You see, the days of physical sacrifice are over because God provided himself a sacrifice. Amen. That's what he said. Abraham said to Isaac, he said, God shall provide not for himself. He said, God shall provide himself a sacrifice because Jesus said, I'm going to go myself and get this thing done. And, and, and I'm telling you that even though we know that there is no more physical sacrifice, the symbolism and the ideas that are in the Old Testament are still very much relevant to us today. That Listen, God's word never is in vain. It never loses its power. It never, it never becomes old hat. The Old Testament is not something that we can just take and set aside and say, oh, that's all good. I know it worked for them, but it's not important to us anymore because we have the new we have the new. Testament. We have the new covenant. I understand you live under the new covenant today, but I've come to tell you that the old covenant is not in vain and it's still the word of God and it's still quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide the soul from the spirit and bone from marrow. I've come to tell you today that we should never put away the old testament of God as unnecessary or out of date. He's never out of date. It's never out of context. It's never out of date. And the symbolism that God designed 
in his instruction to Moses pointed to what Jesus would do as the supreme sacrifice. But those symbolisms do not get put away because we're done with the Old Testament. They're still very important to us today. Let me let me let me say it to you like this. Let me show it to you like this. There's still an altar. There is still an altar. I'm so thankful that there's still an altar. An altar is an Old Testament concept. The altar is not really in the New Testament that I'm aware of, and you can correct me, and I haven't done a lot of research, but the old the altar is an Old Testament concept. But I'm thankful that, hey, I'm not bragging on this, but when we moved into this church, there weren't altars. And I said, my God, we need altars in this church. And, hey, we got comfortable ones. And they're not very big, but I said, we've got to be a church where there's an altar. Why? Because if a church, God said, I've called my house to be a house of prayer. And the prayer, it cannot be a house of prayer if there's no altar. So there's got to be an altar. And if a church is a church, if you're going to be a church, lives cannot be changed without an altar. Let me explain. I've got, and I'm, I'm going to hustle for the sake of time. But I'm telling you that there must be an altar in order for lives to be changed because the altar is the point of contact between us and God. The altar is the place where you meet God. What am I talking? I don't care if you've got physical altars or not, but your place of prayer is your place of altar. Ladies, if you've got a prayer room or you've got a closet or you've got a place where you kneel your knee down before the Lord, no matter where you're at, that is your place of altar. I want to tell you about an altar that you wouldn't think of as an altar. It was two boards nailed together perpendicularly to one another. And Jesus said, I will be the sacrifice for all mankind and I will die. I will put myself upon an altar and the altar was in the shape of an old rugged cross y'all know what I'm saying it doesn't have to be four legs on a piece of board it can be two two wood pieces beamed together crossed one another like the cross it can be a rock where Jacob laid his head down became an altar at Gilgal it could be it could be a stone the stone that the builders rejected is an altar his name is Jesus I'm telling you it can be whatever you make it but there must be an altar to have a point of contact with God If the church doesn't have an altar of prayer, then they don't even know the God in whom they say they know. I've come to tell you, if you go to a church, I'm just going to go ahead and beat up on them today. If you go to a church where they don't have a place of prayer or a time of prayer, or they're not praying to the God that they claim about, if if they're not a church of prayer, if they're not a house of prayer, they are not a church. They're not a church of Jehovah God because they have no point of contact with him. You have to have an altar in order to have a point of contact. Christ called us to be a living sacrifice, crucifying our flesh daily. What does that mean? That means that we need to be putting ourselves on an altar. There has to be still an altar. Number two, I need to get through this. There's still a sacrifice. Wait a minute, Brother Paul. You said that Jesus was the sacrifice reason. Amen, he is. But there's something that most folks miss. I wish that we wouldn't miss this. It's an old school gospel. But we think since Jesus died, we don't have to. But I've come to tell you that Jesus died so that we could join in with him together in crucifixion. He said, take up your cross and follow me. You know, I, I feel like the thing that is sending more people to hell nowadays than anything else is, is preachers preaching about some simple acceptance of Jesus. 
that if you'll come and accept him, he'll accept you, and you can stay the way you are, and everything's all good, and it's a pleasing gospel, and it's accommodating to whatever your circumstances are and whatever your situations are. It doesn't matter how you act or how you live or what kind of... what kind of politics you subscribe to. It doesn't matter if you're left wing or right wing. It doesn't matter if you're liberal or conservative. If you'll just come and accept Jesus, he will accept you. I've come to tell you that is a straight lie from the pits of hell. You need to understand that that is absolutely God loves you so much that he won't leave you the way that you are. He said when you come to me, I will accept you the way that you are, but don't think that you can stay that way because I require a sacrifice. Jesus, and listen, this is how it used to be preached. I just got to give some respect to the old preachers who used to stand up behind the pulpit and say that there's a cross that is bidding you come and die. There was a cross that Jesus died on. And he said, I am. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. And yet I live not I, but Christ that lives within me. I'm telling you that if you want to come to God in the 20, in 2018, that it's still the same way. You have to go to a kneel yourself down at an altar of prayer and you have to say, God, I'm laying myself as a sacrifice on this altar. My life is no longer my own, but it's yours. I'm a living sacrifice to you, God. Kill the flesh that's within me. Kill the sin that's within me. I'm the sacrifice, God. I'll lay myself down because you laid yourself down. I understand, God, that you died, but I've got to die to this flesh. I've got to die to this sin nature, and so I will be a sacrifice. There's still a sacrifice. There's still a sacrifice. You've got to die to the world, die to the flesh, die to the desires of your heart, die to the sin. You know, he said, if you'll seek me, I'll give you the desires of your heart. I remember, I pondered on that scripture. Um, God was going to give me the desires of my heart, but the desires of my heart were nothing but vanity. They were nothing but my own selfish gain. I've come to tell you that God will give you the desires of your heart when your desires line up with his desires, and he will do that. So your, your desires have to die. They have to become sacrifice. God, I have aspirations of being a somebody. Well, go ahead and kill it, honey. I'm going to be a rock star someday. Go ahead and kill that rock star. I'm going to be I'm going to be a public I'm going to be a, a politician. Kill it. I'm going to be a I'm going to be a secular something or other. I'm going to be a business executive. Kill it. Kill it. Because until you get to the place where it's all dead on the altar, God said, I'll give you your desires, but I've, they've got to become my desires. My desire, I'll give you your desires. Let me, let me explain to you like this. He said, if you'll seek me, I will give you your desires. They won't even be your own anymore. They, they'll be my desires because I'm going to implant them in you, and then I'm going to make them come to fruition in your life. Why? Because you'll lay yourself down as a sacrifice. I don't. I, I said this a long time ago, but when I came to God, it was a beautiful surrender because I don't know about you, but uh, maybe you think highly of yourself, but I didn't think too highly. You know, I had some good attributes. I, I felt like I had a couple talents, but I was bringing them to God. But I felt like in my life, when you came to God, did you think that there was some weight on you that felt like the bad outweighed the good? Anybody can test to that seem like in your life bad outweighs the good that's the beauty of surrender on the sacrifice altar because when I come down to God I said God you get these five talents and everything that's good about me but you get this whole heap of mess too and it's all yours I'm relinquishing God my I'm, I'm, I'm giving you my talents if I could sing it all it's yours God if I could play guitar at all it's yours if I can do if I can preach a little bit God then it's yours you can have it all and that little stuff amounts to a little bitty hill of beans but I'm telling you that God I lay on 
I'm also laying down my insecurities. I'm also laying down my personality problems. I'm also laying down my addictions. I'm also laying down my bills. I'm also laying down my struggles. I'm surrendering everything to you and I'm killing it right there. There still has to be a sacrifice. I'm moving on. There still has to be an order. There's still an order. My God, the church needs to hear that today. There's still an order. Elijah, when he was putting together the sacrifice, the word of God says that he put the stones in order. He put the tribes of Israel back in order. That's what the stones represented. The 12 stones, 12 tribes, he put them back in order. And there's an order with God. And he, he, he laid out the order in Leviticus. The, the book of the law was the order that when you brought when you sinned before God, that you brought a sacrifice to God. And I'm telling you, when we are yet sinners, Jesus died for us being the sacrifice. And yet when we come, we must sacrifice and lay down our lives. There's still an order. I need you to understand that without a sacrifice, without death, there can be no ashes. I said in the beginning that this sermon is called All of These Ashes. Without a sacrifice and without death, there can be no ashes. Many of us are trying to come to God without death. But yet, we need to go and put ourselves on the altar. Let me tell you something. This is revival. You, I love revival of song. I love revival of worship. I love revival and praise. I'm, I'm telling you, I can praise with the best of them. You put me in a black church. I am right at home. These I get happy feet sometimes, and we can get down, but that's not revival. Revival is when you bring yourself to the altar. Revival is when if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways and pray and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven and heal their land. That is the picture of revival. Revival is bring your sin to the altar. Revival is bring yourself to the altar. Revival is bring your cares to the altar. Revival is bring your insecurities to the altar. Bring your lust and your your pride to the altar. Bring your arrogance and your greed to the altar. Bring everything that's not God in your life to the altar. And pray the fire down until it consumes what is laid on the altar. Now listen, we 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 got we were doing good all the way up until here. We didn't even bring the Holy Ghost into this thing, but here he comes. Because I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost has to be a part of this thing. I'm a Holy Ghost man, and he just has to be a part of this. But I've come to tell you that when you lay something down at the altar, uh, if if I were to lay a sacrifice here, Brother Dave, if I were to sacrifice a, a ram or a, a goat or or myself, if I were to lay here and I just I, I kneel down at an altar and I begin to pray and say, God, I've got sin, and I'm laying down myself as a sacrifice, and then I get on up, and then I go back about my way, and there was no fire there to consume the offering, then, uh, then I can go back to the altar at any given time and go ahead and pick up whatever it is that I laid down at the altar and you listen you you come to God I'm telling you this happens more often than not we come to God and we bring him our strife we bring him our cares we bring him our addictions we bring him our problems and we lay him down at the altar and we say here God it's a sacrifice before you but we don't pray till the fire comes down we don't pray till the Holy Ghost comes down and burns up the sacrifice that was on the altar I'm telling you we need to pray that God would come and cause us to get on the altar and that there would be a burnt sacrifice, that it would be a burnt offering. Many of us have problems. I, 
you, I'm preaching better than you're shouting today, but I'm telling you that many of you have problems today because you take it to the altar, but you don't leave it there. And when you take it to the altar, you don't pray the fire down to come and consume this offering. What am I saying? That if you would get the fire of the Holy Ghost in your life again, then you would have the fire to burn out all of those things that are problems in your life. I'm telling you that if you need to be rid of a sin nature in your life, you don't need to just lay it down at the altar. You need to pray to the God of fire that fire would come and baptize that thing until there was nothing but ashes left. The fire comes down and it consumes the offering and there's ashes. But what about all these ashes? The title of the sermon, All These Ashes. Many of us have come to the altar. We've given our bodies a living sacrifice to God. We burned everything in the fire of the Holy Ghost. Aren't you thankful for Pentecost? And my life is turned over to God, but there's something missing. Has anybody ever been to the place? And I'm closed. This is my close. I even put it in my notes. Uh, what did I write? Closed, colon, long close, dot, dot, dot. That's a close. So it's not multiple closings today. It's a super long close. It's a page of close. Praise God. You know, listen. My life's turned over to God. I've, I've even been full of the Holy Ghost, but I still have issues. Anybody ever been there? I'm not, I'm not denying the power of God. I'm not blaspheming anything. I'm just being, being real. I hate the word, but being real in the house today. I've got the power of the Holy Ghost in my life. I'm surrendered. I'm sacrificed. I'm crucified myself. And I try to live right, but there's just something that's not coming together. The ends aren't meeting. My walk's still just not, it's just not all the way there. Anybody ever testified? Has anybody ever been there? I know I've, I've got everything that God said I should have. I mean, I've gone all the way. I've, I dance in the spirit, and I've prayed in the tongues, and I've done, you know, I'm, doing, I'm, I'm up, I'm down, I'm baptized, I'm, you know, whatever. I, just something missing. Because with all these ashes, God's burned it out. So often, many of us, something's missing because we're trying to be hypocrites. God's burned it out, but there's ashes, and we're standing there. Can you see it? It's all of our sin. God's burned it out, but we're standing there. And so often, we don't know how to dispose of the ashes. Therefore, they act as a reminder of your dead past. They act as a reminder of what God already dealt with. He burned it to the point that you can't even recognize it, but when you see the heap of ashes there, you know what he burned. What do we do with all these ashes? We try to, here's the thing, we got ashes all around us, we try to sweep them under the rug when company's coming over. You know, just got to get rid of them, just kind of move. You know, I know that they're sacrificed to God, but I got to clean the house before somebody comes and sweeps my mess. We move them here, there, and ever. At times, we even get filthy again. You all know what I'm saying. We get messed up again because we start dealing in the ashes, trying to get rid of the ashes of our past. And we get messed up again. Get all dirty. Get all filthy. They even pollute the air. When you start kicking them around, ashes are terrible. 
getting all over your stuff, painting your clothes, painting the way you look. You feel like you're the righteousness of God, but all of a sudden these, and you've already crucified that thing. You've put it on the altar. It's it's dead, it's burnt, it's gone, but yet it's all over you, and you still got it all over your stuff. It's tainting even your righteousness before the Lord. We get on everything, it gets on everything that's good that you're doing for God. Let's look at uh, Leviticus chapter 6 one more time. And let's look at the order for the ashes. This is still close. Verse number 10. And the priest shall put his linen garments and his linen breeches. He shall put them upon his breast and take up the ashes that the fire hath consumed and the burnt offering on the altar. And he shall put them beside the altar. You know what that tells me? Those ashes are holy to God. You would say, how do you get there? How do you, how do you arrive at that place? Because he told the priest to put on his linen garments to deal with the ashes. Another, other translations say that he put on his ephod, his linen ephod, his priestly garment, his righteous garment. God said, when you're going to deal with the burnt ashes of your past, they're, they're holy, they're sacred to me. They represent a picture of everything that I've brought you through. Everything that I brought you out of. You don't just sweep them away. You don't just sweep them under the rug. You begin to clothe them in a garment of praise and take them up. And he said, put them beside the altar. And then he goes on to verse number 11 and he says this. And then change your clothes again. Because some of it might have got on you. You might get dirty in the process. But then he says this. Put on another set of clothes. Carry your garments forth. Or carry, I'm sorry, uh, carry forth the ashes without the camp unto a clean place. Put them beside, listen, put them beside the altar and pray again. Change your clothes again. Renew your heart again. You're dealing with your past. Pray again. Micah, this is the, write this down. This is the best advice you're going to get today. Pray again. But, brother, but Paul, I prayed about it. Pray again. But I've laid it on the altar and he sacrificed it and it's dead and it's burnt and it's ashes. Pray again. You cannot overdo prayer. You cannot pray too much. Pray again. Change your clothes. And then take them to a clean place. He says, take them without the camp to a clean place. I got to thinking about that. Take them to a clean place. These are ashes. You see that? God says, take your ashes, your dirt, your filth, the thing that I burnt up, I really didn't like. He didn't say take it to the rubble pile. He didn't say throw it in the dunghill. He said, take it to a clean place. Well, that jumped out at me. I said, what? These are dirty, filthy. Anybody ever tended a fire? 
fireplace and shovel the masses out. They can't stay. They get on everything. Anybody ever think about taking those to the cleanest room of the house and just dumping them out? Blew my mind. He's saying, take them to a clean place. And then the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and he said, come to Isaiah chapter number 61. He said, there's one clean place that you're supposed to take rest and it's going to have my fire in it and my glory in it. Isaiah chapter 61. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. I'm talking about Jesus. Because he hath anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all that mourn. To point unto them that mourn in Zion. To give them beauty for ashes. My God, my spirit is leaving right now. I've come to tell you this morning that God said to take your ashes that you are ashamed of. The ashes that you are have been sweeping everywhere. The ashes that you know God has put under the blood. He's They've already been dealt with. This is not stuff that hasn't been dealt with. But you're still standing in the rubbish of it. He said put it in a clean place. There's only one clean place. I'm telling you there's only one who is holy. There, if, God, if God be the truth then every man is a liar. There's only one clean place and that is a guy named Jesus. That is a man named Jesus. He is the clean place and he wants to make a trade with you this morning. He wants to trade you for all of your ashes. He wants to trade you for all of that pile of rubble. He wants to trade you for the filth of your past. He wants to trade you for the filth of things that are getting upon you. He wants to trade you the stuff that you want to discard, the stuff that you want to throw away, the stuff that you're ashamed of. He said, I've got a trade for you and it's the bargain of the day. I want to trade you beauty for ashes. Somebody give the Lord praise in this house. Stand on your feet today. Hallelujah. He wants to trade somebody in this house. Beauty for ashes. Beauty for ashes. My God, he doesn't want you to throw away those things and just, it'd be easy. It'd be easy if he just said, you know what? When I've burnt the sacrifice, he said to Moses, when you burn the sacrifice, just shovel the ashes and take them and throw them away. Just take them and throw them into an unclean place. You know what he did say? He said that the priest that carries the ashes out, he's unclean for the day. Because he's dealt with the past. But God didn't say take them to the dung heap. He cares so much about you that once you've sacrificed it, once you've killed it, once you've burnt it, once God's burnt it as an offering, even the ashes are important. Your ashes are important to God. Your past, the thing that he's brought you through, he wants them. The Lord spoke to me and he said, I want them because they may be a mess to you, but they're, they are a testimony to me. Your ashes 
God is storing up. He's, why do you think Jesus said, I will trade you beauty for ashes? Because he said, I'm putting value on your ashes because they're important to me. They're valuable to me. And I, I believe, I'm just telling you, I believe that God has a storing place in heaven where he is heaping up the ashes. Why? Because he's going to look at it one day and say, that is where you were delivered. There's your, right? You see that little pile of ashes over there? That was your addiction. You see that pile of ashes right there? That was your brokenheartedness. You see that pile of ashes right there? That's where my fire consumed your depression. Right there. They're valuable. They're valuable. This thing that seems to be a mess in our world, the thing that seems to cause us to miss God so often, the dirt, the filth. We've been set free from our past, but we can't seem to shake it. It's the ashes. Saying, I want to trade. I want to trade. I'll trade you beauty for ashes. I will beautify the meek. Trade him today. Beauty for ashes. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning. I'm not going to have you bow your head and close your eyes. But there are people under the sound of my voice this morning that you have you've given them your beauty to God. You've prayed through. You've prayed. We're not talking about salvation right now. We're talking about you've prayed to God. You have sacrificed to God. And you're saying, I just can't seem to get my past away from me. I just can't seem to shake it off. It, it gets on everything. But I've sacrificed it. God's saying, pray. Get your clean garments on. Pick it up and bring it to Jesus because he's got a trade for you today. He will trade you beautiful, beautiful garments, beauty. He will give you something beautiful in place of your ashes today. If you're in this house and you say, Brother Paul, that word spoke to me. I don't expect everybody to come today. This isn't a, this isn't a blanket altar call. But there are some folks that are in the house today who are saying, that spoke to my heart. I've dealt with everything else, God, but I didn't deal with the ashes. And God wants to trade you beauty for ashes today. If that's you and you're here in this place, I want you to get out of your seat and just join me around these altars.